in a world where some of the greatest motion pictures ever made are reaching their 30th anniversaries. One group of friends gathered together to pay tribute to these films. Pat Cantagallo. Dennis Matouche. Jeff Mazuka. Each week, we take a look back at one movie that is reaching that 30-year milestone. Whether you love seeing these films in the theater or enjoying them for the first time at home, we invite you to join us this year as we travel back in time to 1986. I am your host, John Reed, and you're listening to the 30-something Movie Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us once again. This is episode number 86 of the 30-something movie podcast for August 31st, 2016. It is officially back to school time for us. Uh, we are a bunch of teachers, and so this is, uh, we're kind of in our first couple of weeks of school here and uh, back in the swing of things. So we thought we'd watch a depressing movie about teenagers and talk about that. This time around, we are talking about River's Edge starring Keanu Reeves. Crispin Glover and Dennis Hopper. So this is a, a little uh, pre-reunion. Pre Can you call it a pre-union? A pre-union. Okay, we'll just we'll, we'll we'll take that word right now. Okay, I'm coining a phrase. A pre-union uh, of the Speed co-stars um, with uh, Keanu Reeves and Dennis Hopper. Great movie too. If you haven't seen Speed, great movie. It's a lot of fun. Uh, you don't have to think too much while watching the movie, but still a really fun movie. So if you haven't seen that one, go see that one too. Uh, we are very quickly, we do spoil the events of the movies we talk about, so make sure that you have either seen this one or that you don't care if you get spoiled. Um, we may be able to give you some reasons you should go watch it or let you know whether you should save an hour and a half, couple hours of your time and skip it. Uh, if you are getting your podcast from iTunes, if you would please, we'd love it if you'd go over and give us a review on iTunes. Um, that allows other people to find our show a little bit easier if we've got some reviews in there and it moves up higher on their lists. Um, you can also come follow us on Twitter as well. We are on Twitter at 30podcast, um, and we are, we're a little bit more active on Twitter than we are some of the other spots like Instagram, Facebook. We have all those, um, but we are a little more active on the Twitter sphere. So uh, if you'd like to go ahead and follow us over there, we're, we're getting really close to 100 followers, and I know that there are some people and podcasts out there that have like followers in the thousands. That's fine. I, we're, we're, we're a little podcast. We're the little podcast that could. Um, but we just, we love talking about movies and we hope that you love listening about movies and, and we're kind of a, we're a very narrow niche podcast in that we are doing movies from 1986 specific year. And so you got to kind of be a fan of 80s movies if you're, uh, if you're in that realm, but um, we would love it if you would go follow us on Twitter if you are so inclined and if you have a Twitter account. Uh, joined, um, I am joined today by someone who Barely even knows what Twitter is. Wait a minute. Am I in the right podcast? <laughs> wait a minute. Wait a minute. This sounds like, you know, mm -hmm. Twitter. This is, what, what, this is, this? It's, what is it's, this? Your heresy you speak of? It's, uh, it's, it's birds. It's a bird watching. Bird watching podcast. I, I was thinking something else, but that's, that's all okay. It is. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to check that out. Okay. Bird watching podcast. Bird watching. Name Twitter. Twitter. Twitter.com. Okay. It's all about bird watching. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, this is Pat. Pat Hi, guys. Well, not the SNL Pat, but the... That's right. Hmm. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> Pat, this is the podcast. Podcast, this is Pat. Pat, do you like podcasts about men's issues or women's issues? <laughs> <laughs> Whatever's entertaining. <laughs> I just like to listen to the voices. Dude, man, you do that pretty good. I've like only, I've only since doing this, you guys, I know you got to check out. I've like went and watched a bunch of uh, It's Pat on SNL, and it's uh, uh, you do that quite well. I'm just saying, maybe, man. maybe I am Pat. <laughs> That's right. I don't know. Okay, um, if I do it for too long, it turns into Jerry Lewis and the lady. And the <laughs> so anyway, <laughs> you, you can tell it's like the first week or two of school. We're all little, a little loopy, little, little loopy. Um, and we spent last week talking about uh, One Crazy Summer. I think we're still a little loopy from that one. Yeah, that was... that was um, Interesting. That was crazy. That was crazy, all less, right. Less crazy than you'd hope. Yes. Um, this time around, we are talking River's Edge. And uh, I did have one new movie news thing that I saw um, was it, uh, just, a, just a little bit ago. I think it was a couple of days ago. Mm -hmm. And it was um, Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Yeah. Is going to be starring in a new Jumanji movie. 
Really? So Jumanji with uh, Robin Williams. Oh. And apparently it's not a remake. It's going to be a sequel. Oh, cool. So I guess the, the Robin Williams movie is one that's supposed to be, uh, you know, it, it did happen, so they're not going to go back and erase it and, and, and redo right. it. But right. um, I, know, so that was, I thought that was kind of interesting that he, you know, that I saw that he was going to be doing a Jumanji movie. I'm like, okay, well, that's, you know, that's one of those that I'm like, I, I can see where you can take that and make a few sequels of it. it mm-hmm. That's fine. It's not one of those where I have my first reaction is, don't remake it. Why do you need to remake it? it yeah. Yeah, sure. It's a cool. movie where animals run wild and kids love it. And yeah, it's awesome. It's like the Night at the Museum stuff, and they've got three of three of those? Four of them? Three? Oh, yeah, three. Three of those, three yeah. They're fun. Yeah, so well, that's cool. And, you know, The Rock, he's a funny guy. Funny guy. So I'd be fine seeing him in that. And yeah, that should be fun. That should be good. Um, Yeah, they said, I was I was looking at an article that, uh, Articule? Articule. Did I say Articule? I, I didn't want to like call art, you out like, articule. hey, <laughs> you know, learn how to talk. <laughs> English teacher, it's Articule. But that's kind of a cool word. Yeah, Go articule. ahead, man. Tell articule. us about your Articule. I, I, well, um, I don't know if I can talk about that on the air. Um, I, I did, I, I think I coined a new phrase, pre-union. Pre-union? Pre-union. I said that this was, uh, this was right before you came in. This okay. is a, a pre, this movie, River's Edge, is a pre-union of Dennis Hopper and Keanu Reeves before they were in Speed. Ah. So it's like a reunion, ah. but before you did, it can't. Pre-union. It doesn't really work because you can't. Reunion is like meeting again. Yeah, yeah. Pre-union is like you meet before you. The, the, this is just like the union. Right. right. Yeah. I don't know. Pre-union's just fun to say. When will then be now? When will then be now? That's right. Spaceballs <laughs> next year. Yes. All right. We Do you were... think we're taking this too literally, sir? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> no, you idiot. We were told to go to the desert. Did you guys find anything? We ain't found. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That's funny. I can't wait for that one. That's that one, funny. that's going to be like the other movies that we love. Yeah. It's we're just, not going to talk about the movie. Easy. It's just going to, yeah. we're going to quote it back and forth. And Thank it. you, Mel Brooks, for just making such a <laughs> phenomenal movie. Thank you for just making such a great movie. I did. Somebody asked me the other day, like I, we were talking about stuff and I happened to mention podcast and then the, the way the conversation went, I, I ended up saying, well, you know, actually we have our own podcast and they're like, oh, well, tell us a little bit about it. And so then I was talking a little bit about the podcast and I said, you know, the funny thing is. We get movies that we think, oh, we love this movie, and like we're gonna we're gonna talk forever on this movie, and it's like forty five minutes to an hour. Yeah, and we don't. I mean, we don't go like in depth on the movie. We yeah. we end up you like quoting stuff back and forth and just being like, oh, when I was a kid, I saw this and I loved yeah. it. Yeah. And then we get these movies where like I hated that movie, or I can't stand that movie, or Howard the Duck make me, makes me want to puke. And we talk for like an hour and forty five minutes on the movies that we do not like. Yeah. Which one crazy summer would be the exception because that was last week and that was like forty five minutes. But yeah, we 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 that one didn't need further in depth discussion. Yeah, it's... so so spaceballs may be like a five minute episode. <laughs> that might be. It's... We might just have to do uh, Mel Brooks body your, of work up until nineteen eighty seven. Your Schwartz is bigger than mine. Um, so yeah, so that'll be that'll be fun for next year. But yeah, um, but yeah, I, I mean, I thought that was kind of cool that he was doing a uh, doing a Jumanji. Sequel. It's cool. I, I like the Rock. He's he's a funny guy. Yeah, he is. Okay. All right. Um, I think that's all I got in terms of new movie, new movie stuff. Sully um, looks really good. I'm just gonna throw oh, it yeah. out there. Yeah, the I've seen several previews on that. Yeah, and it, it's you know it'll be interesting as always to do a fact versus fiction kind of mm-hmm. thing on there. But I've seen interviews with Clint Eastwood and Tom Hanks and with Captain Sullenberger, and it's really that that the, the it'll be interesting to just see them put that event on the big screen and then uh, from what it sounds like comes out afterwards where they actually pulled the guy in and tried to tell him he did it the wrong way after saving 200 (laughs) people or so landing Mm -hmm. a plane on a river i I landed the plane in the river the people are all alive (laughs) and you're telling me i did it the wrong way yeah so that'll be uh and it was interesting because the the preview i saw the imax trailer recently and that was clint eastwood's thing is he just kind of chuckled and said they tried to tell him that you know so anyways that that movie looks pretty exciting yeah are there, uh, since we don't have a whole lot of other new movie news, are there other movies that you're excited that are coming out soon? Um, you said that and you said Dunkirk. Dunkirk. Talk about that one. I'm fascinated. And I yeah. actually read a couple books. Just I, you know, We all know what happened at Dunkirk and yeah. you know, kind of what, but it'll be interesting to see what do they do. Are they going to tell it on a macro level? Are they going to mm-hmm. tell it on a, something smaller like Saving Private Ryan where you're following one group of guys? Or is it going to be 
you know, kind of fictional accounts? Is it going to bounce around like the longest day and they're going to tell? So I'm, I'm pretty, uh, that one looks like that should be pretty, uh, that should be pretty cool. Yeah. So. It's got some good actors in there too. You got Tom Hardy, you've got uh, Kenneth Branagh, you've got Cillian Murphy. Yeah. You know, some, some, some good names in there. Yeah. That looks like a good one. Yeah. So those movies are uh, exciting. Okay. Exciting. Oh, and I'm so, okay. So new movie news. I oh, saw this. Go for it. Ben Hur just came out. Yes. And I guess it's been kind of panned by the critics. Yeah, I don't think it's done well. I don't think I've seen it. I don't. I don't think I even knew it was coming out mm-hmm. until someone said, "Hey, Ben Hur, the redo." Mm-hmm. Yeah. Man, that's one of those you just gotta you gotta bring your A game if you're gonna try and redo that, oh, yeah. like a chariot race, like that, you know, and so forth. But it was funny because I saw the article, and there's an article floating out there. I think it was on like one of the news websites. After seeing Ben Hur. Hollywood, please don't remake these 10 movies. And the author went through and listed like 10 movies that do not remake these. Mm-hmm. After seeing what you did with Ben-Hur, just know that, and it was like Streetcar Named Desire, Gone with the Wind or Citizen Kane. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm going to look it up. Yeah. There you go. Okay. After remaking Ben-Hur, um, hey Hollywood, you got away with me remaking Ben-Hur, but hands off these 12 movies? Yes. Okay. It's like Princess and Bride. The, uh, yeah, let's see. It's, what do we got here? We got... Um, Jaws. Yeah. Okay, let's see. We got the list here. All right. Um, okay, so we got Jaws is one of them. Don't, so they're saying don't remake these. Don't remake these. We got Jaws. We've got Pulp Fiction. I would have a hard time but, anybody remaking but, that. Like the guy, I never even thought of anybody yeah, remaking that. But, but. The, I'm sure the author would be saying the same oh, about yeah. Ben-Hur, you know? Yeah. Um, okay, so we got Jaws. We got Pulp Fiction. We got Godfather. Now see, I'm I could maybe argue with that one. I could ma- now, and I know I and I love those movies, and Marlon Brando is the Godfather. I mean, I I'd have a hard time seeing anybody else in that role, but that's one I could see remaking. Yeah, I, I could I could see that one being being remade, and if somebody did it right, big if yeah. I don't know. I, I, I think just, just looking at it, right, I hadn't even thought of that one off the top of my head as one that somebody would consider remaking. But I'm looking at that going, I, I, I might go see it. I think, yeah, I think if you're going to do that, you know, tell another organized crime story. Yeah. Well, I mean, like, I was, I like The Sopranos mm-hmm. when that was on TV, like, yeah. and I thought, okay, well, cool. That's like a modern. Yeah. It's a little bit like a modern Godfather story, so yeah. we'll, we'll stick with that. Um, yeah, Jaws. I, I think that you've got so many of the killer animal things as being like the made-for-TV sci-fi movies mm-hmm. like Sharknado and, yeah. and I don't know, like Killer Piranha. Snakes, snakes on a plane. On a, right, and stuff like that. I think Jaws, I think a movie like Jaws has become more of like the TV movie, like almost like a joke mm-hmm. type thing. It's not scary anymore. It's You don't see... You don't you don't go watch Sharknado because it's scary. Mm-hmm. You watch Sharknado because it's ridiculous and funny. Yeah. And now I feel like people would like people now I feel like would go back and rewatch Jaws and see it as a movie like that where it's not scary. As a kid, it terrified me. I don't think I could go back and watch Jaws now yeah. and be terrified. I, certain parts, yes, but I think if they were well here, if they were to remake Jaws, mm-hmm. I don't know that I see a Jaws remake as being scary. I see it as being maybe suspenseful and yeah. intense, but I feel like you've got so many of these other like killer animal yeah, movies that are out now that they could do the story about like well, what uh, Quint would told about the USS Indianapolis mm-hmm. that went yeah. down and the sharks just I mean that it yeah that that curl your toes man that would be scary could do so that. but I I get what yeah yeah um, Citizen Kane yeah. they listed that one. And see, that's another one. Is I I understand that it's a classic, that it's they people always vote it like one of the greatest movies of all time. If you did it right, now see some of these and some of these. While I like the movies, mm-hmm. they're not so sacred to me that I would say hands off. Like Citizen Kane, I like Citizen Kane. Yeah, I remember watching it as a kid. I remember watching it when I was in college as part of a, a film class. I remember talking about it. I remember people saying how it's like one of the greatest movies of all time. You know, yeah, okay, fine. Is it something that should never be remade ever? 
Uh, I shrugged. I mean, the audio audience can't see me shrugging. But. Right, and I get, and this is where it's going to go. And like I said, I think this is interesting. But that's even like the thing with Ben Hur. Mm-hmm. I'm sure if they would have done a good job, right, that could have been if, a good if done right. No can defense, right. And it's like this is what I say to all the people that react when they say, "Oh, they're going to do a remake of this. They're going to do a remake of that." Mm-hmm. If the original is as good as you purport it to be, mm-hmm. then why mess with it? Well, wh- well, what I'd say is, what do you have to fear? Right. I mean, that's kind of the thing. Like, if you're so panicked that, oh, my gosh, they're going to make this movie and it's going to... Mm-hmm. Then your thoughts of that original one... That was, so, that was our Ghostbusters discussion. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it was... That's kind of what I get into. And yeah. so, I mean, you know, I, I well, so, well, it's easy to go... It's easy to flip-flop, but mm-hmm. it's like, you just got to make a good movie. Yeah. So. Yeah. All right. So they also have The Princess Bride. I, I would say leave that one alone. Yeah. Like that... No, leave it alone. Um, Singing in the Rain. Okay. Um, taxi Driver. Mm-hmm. Um, they even make a comment here. That would have been kind of my joke to go along with it is, like, everybody does Uber now, so like you wouldn't even have right. Taxi Driver anymore. Uh, back to the Future. I could see Back to the Future being a tough one to try to remake. Because, yeah. I mean, that, there's a lot of stuff in Back to the Future that's so 80s. Yeah. Like, it would almost have to be a much, much different story. Yeah. Although, I could see there being some kind of fun gags with, you know, uh, you know Marty shows up and has an iPhone. Mm-hmm. And, like, either somebody sees it or, or they're, they're, like, the Doc Brown, whoever he is, is like, oh, what is this? Oh, my God. it's a... I could see stuff like that. Yeah. Like, you, you could bring it up to speed to 2016, I guess. But, I don't know. Like, you'd really have to... To me, and that's one of my favorite movies. So, like, you'd really have to knock it out of the park. To, I think that was the perfect. But again, it's like it's like you said with Ghostbusters. Yeah. It's like my memory of that one, my memory of, of one through three that exists right now, it's not going to be ruined. If somebody said we're doing a Back to the Future remake, mm-hmm. cool, go for it. Good you're, on you. You're not ruining my childhood. No. The other three movies are fine. You're not going to taint their memory. Mm-hmm. You go right ahead, and I would go see it. I'd probably go see. I'd go see a remake, but... But it'd be hard, because like I said, it's, definitely, it's the perfect movie. Right. I so. mean, for me to like it as much as I like the others, you'd really have to knock it out of the park. Yeah. Uh, Kurosawa's Rashomon was another one that they listed. Um, let's see. I think what this guy did is probably took his top 12 favorite movies and just... And just said, don't do it. Yeah. yeah. These, these are my favorites. Don't touch them. Yeah. Uh, Clockwork Orange was another one. In the Heat of the Night and Gone with the Wind. And see, some of those, like, they're already period pieces. Like, Gone with the Wind is already about the Civil War. So, you don't. Why remake it? Plenty of other stories of the Civil War that you can tell. Right. So, okay. Well, that's kind of an interesting list. All righty. Should we talk some dead bodies? Let's talk about dead bodies, man. Let's talk about dead bodies. Um, Nobody else is talking about dead bodies. I mean, they're they're showing each other, but nobody's... Nobody's, Gotta know where the bodies are. Nobody's talking about it. Yeah. All right. So this time around, our movie is River's Edge came out. So some people are going to consider this a 1987 movie. So if you're yelling at your your iPhone, first of all, thank you for listening. But if you're yelling at your iPhone um, or your computer or whatever, yes, this was widely released in May of 1987. But its initial release was at the, I believe, the Toronto International Film Festival, September 10th, 1986. So I'm going to count this as an 86 movie because that's when it was first released. Uh, the movie is rated R, um, probably for much of the language and the long, lingering shots on a naked corpse. Mm-hmm. Just, I'm going to take a wild guess and say that's probably why. I'm thinking that's where it comes down to. Yeah. Uh, sometimes very uncomfortably long shots that remain on. There was a lot of uncomfortableness. It was an uncomfortable movie. It was, Not, yeah. not a lot of comfort around here. Yes. No. Uh, director for this one is Tim Hunter. He directed Tex, The Saint of Fort Washington, and Control. Uh, producers on this one were Sarah Pillsbury, and mm, it just makes me think of muffins and biscuits. It does warm bread? Yep. Mm. <laughs> the little mm. Pillsbury Doughboy. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I I very closely resemble the Pillsbury Doughboy, so there's a special place oh, no. in my heart. I, I except I don't have the hat. Otherwise, I'm you're I'm, being hard on I'm, yourself. I'm white and round. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody steps on a church in my town. <laughs> If someone asks you, that if was Safe Park Marshmallow, man. I went the wrong way. You I was did. thinking that's Pillsbury. Fine. That's fine. But okay. I, I, I was, I was trying to save you by continuing the whole thing. You were, man. If you somebody asks you if you're a god, you, you say yes. See, and that's it. You're, you're, you're self-deprecating humor, but mm-hmm. you're still throwing a lifeline. Right. You're, right. you're awesome. That's, that's you're a I, great guy, man. I got a lot of love for you. 
Um, so Sarah Pillsbury, mm-hmm. we'll, we'll gloss over her last name because otherwise we'll start that whole thing again. <laughs> um, <laughs> we haven't anything to drink. No. Let's just say that. Maybe just, we it's, should. Maybe it's, we that, should. That actually might help. Maybe we should. Um, so if you're listening right now, go grab your favorite adult beverage. We're, we're currently sitting in school uh, in one of our classrooms, so we're not going to, but you can feel free to go yes. grab one. Uh, it might make the listening a whole lot easier. Uh, Sarah Pillsbury and Midge Sanford um, both were the producers on this one, and they both uh, collectively produced Desperately Seeking Susan and Eight Men Out. The writer on this one was Neil Jimenez, who did Where the River Runs Black, For the Boys, and The Water Dance. Mm-hmm. Uh, music for this one, I am probably going to butcher the name, but we're going to try it anyway. Jurgen Nieper? Sure. Go for it. This sounds good. Um, I, Jürgen, if you're listening, uh, first of all, your lawn looks beautiful, um, immaculate even, uh, but uh, sorry. So, Jürgen, if we're saying your name wrong, just email us, let us know, 30podcast.gmail.com. And I say go with Jürgen. Jürgen? Okay, I'm going to go Jürgen. Um, it's the, the U with a little umlaut over it that kind of throws me off and then it's... Yeah. You know. um, he did music for, like... Several hundred episodes of a German, I think it's German TV show called Lindenstrasse. Mm-hmm. No clue. Uh, movie Wings of Desire and a movie called The American Friend. The budget for this movie was $1.7 million. The box office for this movie was $4.6 million. Uh, I have a feeling that much of the budget was probably spent on beer and pot. I would, I would agree with you. <laughs> so, starring in this one, Crispin Glover played Lane. Um, he was in Back to the Future. Alice in Wonderland, Twister, and What's Eating Gilbert Grape. Keanu Reeves played Matt. He was in Bill and Ted, Speed, The Matrix, Devil's Advocate. Ione Skye played Clarissa. She was in Say Anything, Wayne's World, Four Rooms, and Fever Pitch. Daniel Roebuck, who played Samson, which most of the characters referred to as John. He was in The Fugitive, Final Destination, and U.S. Marshals. Dennis Hopper, who died in 2010, played Feck. He was in Speed, Easy Rider, Apocalypse Now, and a whole bunch of other things. Joshua John Miller played Tim, the little brother. He was in a movie called Near Dark and another one called The Mal Game. Roxana Zhao played Maggie, one of the friends. She was in a movie called Testament, Something About Amelia, and Broken Vessels. Josh Richman played one of the friends, Tony. Uh, He was in Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, Heathers, and Natural Born Killers. Philip Brock played Mike. He was an American Ninja, Highlander 2, The Crappening, and Enough Said. Mm-hmm. We'll back up for a second. It's not called The Crappening. I just, that's what I always call it. It's, it's, Immortals it's from Highlander. Planet Zarkon, it, man. That's all I'm going to say. Don't even. Don't. No. That was the best reaction when Jeff just says, wait, what? No, Pat's <laughs> got it right, Jeff. Yep. That's what. No, it's not. Wow. Okay. He's, he's not pulling this out of a, some orifice. <laughs> yeah, this, <laughs> this is. That really that is happened. actually what happens in the movie. Yes. Uh, if you would like to know more about that, you can go back and listen to check our Highlander out. episode. Go check, check it out. Check it out. Uh, we had a good time trashing Highlander, too, uh, as most people tend to. Mm-hmm. Um, continuing on with River's Edge, though, Tom Bauer played Bennett. Uh, he was in Die Hard 2, Crazy Heart, and The Hills Have Eyes. Constance Forsland played Madeline. She was in Village of the Damned, The Way We Were, and This Year's Blonde. Leo Rossi played Jim. He was in Halloween 2, The Accused, Analyze This, and One Night at McCool's. Jim Metzler played Mr. Berkwaite, the teacher. He was in Tex, One False Move, L.A. Confidential. And Danny Dietz played Jamie. She was the corpse. And she was in one episode of a TV show and played a junkie in a movie called The All-Nighter. So a long and storied Hollywood career for her. Um, Most famous role was playing a naked corpse. There you go. Man, you know, gotta work. (laughs) Yep. Uh, hopefully, hopefully she was not like Schwarzenegger and, and was paid by the line of dialogue. Because I don't think she said anything in this movie. I think she said nothing. She got strangled. That was pretty much I it. I think you saw her when she was alive, but you never mm-hmm. heard her. Right. Yeah. 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 Uh, apparently, there, uh, when you first see her corpse, you get, if you like look really closely, you can see her tongue's moving a little bit. So Really? Yeah. So yeah. She's, she's can not, you reason to go back and watch She's it? not quite dead. Yeah. She's only mostly dead. And she's been mostly dead all day. And when somebody's mostly dead, there's only one thing you can do. Yeah. Go through their pockets and look for loose change. I think that sounds good. There we go. That one's next year, by the way. I was going to say, that's right. Sometimes when we get the movies that we're not quite sure about, we're like, what's next year? Yeah. Like, we have one to talk about this week, but what's next year? I know. 
So we've been saying that a lot for the last couple of weeks. I know. We? Kind of like after we put that list together, we're like, oh man. Yeah. Well, let's get a move on. Yeah, Come on, eighty seven. Let's, let's, let's go. Let's get eighty six out of here and let's go. There's still a lot of good movies left in in eighty six. There also. are. Okay, stay focused. We're I'm eighty six. River's Edge. We're back, and we've got the princess. Stay the course. Wait, that's eighty seven. We're back. Here's the news. All the news that's new and approved by the U.S. Army, the <laughs> sweetest smelling army in the world. <laughs> Um, Britain recognized the event. Okay. <laughs> I, we could do this all day. Um, that one's also next year. <laughs> okay. Focus. Rotten Tomatoes. The critics gave this one an 87%, Pat. <laughs> okay. The, <laughs> there, we <go. laughs> there we go. The audience gave it a 76%, Pat. Ooh. Never mind. Well, two members of that audience would have been Gene Siskel and Roger Ebert. Roger Ebert really liked the movie and gave it a three and a half stars. Gene Siskel gave it a thumbs up. In fact, they included it on their TV show that they had at the movies in their Best of 1987 special. Included it as one of the best movies of 1987. Cinema Score, however, did not have a score for this one. Um, there were several awards that this movie won. Uh, including, it won the Independent Spirit Award for oh. Best Feature Film, uh, Best Screenplay. It was nominated for Best Director. It won the uh, Penn Center USA West Literary Award for Best Screenplay. It won the uh, Sundance Film Festival Special Jury Recognition Dramatic Movie and was nominated for the Grand Jury Prize. And it also won the Young Artist Award, well, nominated Young Artist Award uh, for Teenage Favorite Horror slash drama movie, best young actress in a motion picture, Ioni Sky, and best young actor in a motion picture, Joshua John Miller. It was nominated for those, did not win. Um, so it did win some awards there, though. Mm -hmm. um, okay, so Teenage Burnout Samson. I, I pulled this, uh, I wasn't quite sure how best to sum up this movie, so I just copied this from Google. I would, yeah. All else fails. Copy and paste. Um, <clears throat> although if you're a student in one of our classes, don't ever do that, because that's wrong. And I, I said this is from Google, so I'm citing my sources. That's right. You said your sources. I cited my sources. Yeah. I did not write this. It's from Google. Here we go. Teenage burnout Samson has murdered his girlfriend and left her naked body lying on the bank of a river just outside their small California town. He not only doesn't run away, he brings his friends to gawk at her dead body. Speed Freak Lane tries to force the teen's silence to protect their friend, but Conscience is gnawing at the others, particularly Matt and Clarissa, who want to go to the police. Where's Jamie? I killed her. This is unreal, completely unreal. Lane's saying Samson killed Jamie. And you believe them? Well, a bunch of us are going out there to check it out. I don't know. It's probably some joke. There's a very big secret in a small American town. We can't panic, though. We're dead if we panic, okay? You say, Lane, oh, I killed a girl once. I was in love. Bury her. She's never found. Did they do it out of friendship? You don't give a damn. I don't give a damn. Nobody in this classroom gives a damn that she's dead. Or did they do it just for fun? You're gonna bring her back? It's done. A murder, a cover-up, and then a betrayal. You keep seeing her face, Clarissa. You keep seeing her face. I reported the thing, man. You act like I'm guilty of some crime. You think on John. I'm your brother. Where do my children go at night? In a small American town, something's happening that will change them all. He was dead there in front of me. I felt so alive! Something that's happening at the river's edge. You knew the killer? Yeah. I also play guitar, by the way. River's Edge. At times, it's funny. At times, startling. Shocker. So now we get married, right? No. Always bringing us to the edge. Company. Are you the killer? What? Dennis Hopper, Back to the Future's Crispin Glover, and a brilliant young cast in the acclaimed motion picture that's already being called The Rebel Without a Cause of the 80s. It's kind of exciting. 
to like Chuck Norris, you know? River's Edge. Okay, although this is a work of fiction, uh, the movie was actually inspired by a real-life murder that happened in 1981 in California. Um, a girl was killed by her boyfriend. Um, what was his name? I had it written down here. Anthony Jacques Broussard. Um, and her name was Marcy Conrad. She was killed by her boyfriend, and the details were very similar. Like, at first, he did not... Like, he killed her, and then he brought friends to go look at her body, and mm -hmm. this it went several days before anybody notified any police about the whole thing like there were a whole ton of witnesses to this whole thing but nobody went to the police okay so neil jimenez read the story in the newspaper um while he was visiting some friends i think in california and so he decided this might not be a bad idea for a script he was interested by the idea of these teenagers like witnessing this and going out and continually looking at the body but nobody's calling the cops to do anything about it and so he thought that was kind of an interesting situation he wrote this um as a screenplay uh, wrote a script turned it into one of his teachers um while he was a student at santa clara university and the um i think the feedback he got back was his teacher said okay this is a great like the the story is not about the corpse the story is about how people are reacting to the death of this person and to seeing this corpse there's the rest of your story. So, um, and then to bring back my new term that I've coined, pre-union. This is mm -hmm. the pre-union of Keanu Reeves and Dennis Hopper um, before they were in Speed, which would have been about eight years later in 1994. Mm -hmm. So, all right. So, dead body. If you had a friend, if you were in high school and you had a friend that said, hey, I just killed somebody. Mm -hmm. Dead body over by the river. Mm -hmm. Come take a look at it. Pat, what would you do? I would not be going anywhere near the river, man. That's like a whole, that's a whole mess of bad times. Mm -hmm. So is this the first time you saw this movie? Yeah. Okay. Will this be the last time you see this movie? Yeah, probably. <laughs> okay. So not because it's a bad movie. Mm -hmm. But how did this movie make you feel? Well, at first I was just kind of like, at first I was just kind of like. Uh, bored because I didn't know that it was a masterpiece according to the 86% of Rotten Tomatoes and all that kind of thing. 87. 87. 87. Don't that's, discount that 87. That's right. And mm -hmm. so, I, you know... It's one I, extra percent there. At first, I just kind of watched it and I'm like, I don't relate to any of these kids. Mm -hmm. I don't relate to any of these people. I don't relate to the parents that are, you know, smoking dope with the kids. I don't admit to the, you know, the burnouts. I don't fit in with the, like, completely amoral behavior of the teenagers um, I don't fit in with the one kid in class that would like speak up and say, well, wait a minute, this just shows the falling apart of society and all that. And then the, everyone basically telling him to shut up. And I mean, including the teacher. <laughs> yeah, including the teacher. I thought that was just a little bit bizarreish. And I'm sure that you could, you know, well, hey, something like this really happened. So this is realistic. Well, OK, but, you know, sometimes I, I go to movies to just kind of check out and be entertained. So I, you know. So yeah, I mean, I, I just kind of I fall into a thing where I'd be like I wouldn't respond to any like the, any of those people. I know what I do, and okay, you know. I, then as I did do some reading, and and I I, I tried to be open minded, and the critics kind of pointed out what was really strong in there, and they talked about the strong performances from like Crispin Glover and all that kind of th stuff, and I was like, okay, yeah, I can get into that, man. I mean, it was, you know, they definitely made these these people creepy, but yeah. Mm -hmm. It was that's kind of my my initial reaction to it. What about you? First time? Yeah, this was the first time watching it, and I really got. And at first, I I don't think I could quite tell why. I really got a Repo Man vibe from this movie. Agreed. Like as I'm watching this movie, I I'm like, why does this make me think so much of Repo Man? Like it has that same kind of feel to it. And I don't know if it's a. I mean, Repo Man was was kind of a California movie and. Yeah. This is a California movie. I don't know if there's some kind of California vibe that each one is channeling, and that's why they feel the same. I think it was just the whole... Everybody's disinterested. Like, everybody's... Nobody really cares. In Repo Man, I feel like there are times where, like, you might see a dead body, and people are just like, oh, there's a dead body over there. Mm -hmm. Or they might just look at it and be like, mm, okay, mm -hmm. moving on. Rest of my day. Yeah, I gotta go get some dinner. I gotta go do this. I gotta... And this kind of the same thing. Like when the kids go see the dead body, it's almost like there's no shock. Like it's, yeah. they're like, oh, wow, there's Jamie. 
kind of looks fake. <laughs> and it was just, it was this whole disinterested thing. And I, I was enough of a child. I, in some of the stuff that I've read on this movie, that maybe the reason that people like it or the reason that it, it fits well in a, in a teenage 80s movie kind of way is that it's, people have said that it's the kind of disinterested, apathetic, you know, the Cold War is ending, kids don't know what their generation is going to be like, and they, I was reading one article that said, um, you know, the, the way the kids felt in this movie, like, those type of kids didn't really have a voice to express what they were feeling until the 90s and Nirvana came along. And then, then you've got all the like Nirvana music. You've got some of those bands, and they're kind of expressing the mm -hmm. despair and frustration. And so that's why in the '90s you get a whole bunch of yeah. music that's like that. And you know that doesn't that doesn't jive with my preferences. Like the one of the reasons I like '80s movies and I like '80s music is because a lot of it's kind of you know bright and hopeful. Even like the rock and roll stuff is mm -hmm. still it's pretty optimistic. Yeah. In most of the in most of the music and. And that's one of the reasons why I don't like a lot of 90s and beyond music is because you get into the 90s and it's like, oh, yeah, okay, mm. not a huge Nirvana fan, not a huge, you know, not a huge grunge fan. Right. But maybe that's why, kind of like that dis disinterested teenager, we hate the world kind of, you know, the world hates us and we hate the world kind of thing. Yeah. Um, so, I, I mean, I thought it was fine. I, you know, it's it's a movie where as I'm watching it, I'm thinking... Maybe I need to go back and watch this again so that I really get what's going on here. But at the same time, I finish watching it and I'm like, no, I got a lot of other things I'd rather watch. And, and I, I think I get enough of, of what this movie is trying to be and, and what yeah. it's trying to do. It's trying to get that teenage vibe across. Like you said, I don't, I don't connect with anybody in this movie. I, I Wasn't my teenage. I, I get that. Right. I mean, I get that Keanu Reeves is frustrated. And, and obviously, as the main character, he's, well, I guess you can call him the main character. Um, and some people have argued that Crispin Glover's Lane character is the main character, but mm -hmm. I mean, I didn't grow up. I wasn't a teenager in the eighties. So, you know, I, I didn't have that kind of attitude towards life and the world, but I also think a, maybe a lot of people didn't have that kind of attitude. And so I don't know. I, I see this movie as a, maybe that's what life was like for kids in this part of California in the 80s or because like you said I'm like I didn't know anybody's parents who were like this I didn't know anybody's parents who smoked pot with them and yeah. you know let the kids run out of control and it, I mean granted I grew up in suburbs mm -hmm. I, I didn't grow up in the city I didn't you know I, I, I grew up in places where you know people would look and they'd say oh that's a pretty safe nice neighborhood and the families are all good and, and mm -hmm. you know nobody's screaming out the window at each other and smoking pot and it, yeah. so I'm sure they did behind closed doors, but yeah, I grew up in a place where this was not the norm. Yeah, so this is not my experience. So, like you, I, I don't really connect with this on that level. Yeah, and that's the other thing too. They say they did the movie Text, which I believe was based off the S.E. Hinton book, right? I think so. Yeah. So, I mean, if it's the same text, it is. Pretty and, sure. You know, and that's kind of okay. I looked at that at least in the Essie Hinton books, and she bases that off a lot of the people that she knew growing up, if I recall that right, there was some moral compass. Mm -hmm. There was some right and wrong. There was some, you know, there might be one guy that's like the burnout that doesn't put, you know, there was someone else that did have aspirations of college. Okay, mm -hmm. there was one that was fun-loving. There was one, but you know, they, they, you know, people did care. Some did, some didn't. Mm -hmm. This presents just one, one swath of society. Yeah. And that's... When, and you bring up S.E. Hinton and I, The Outsiders. I love The Outsiders. Right. And to me, like, if I'm going to watch a movie about, you know, kids struggling through something and trying to come to terms with their situation and, and the world and what that... I'm probably gonna go watch that one yeah. instead. I mean, I've read the book and watched the movie and, and I like that one. Yeah. This one just doesn't... I guess I have, I, I, maybe I have more of a problem with apathy. Yeah. Like, I'd rather you're angry about something rather than just like, eh, whatever. Yeah, and I, and I, I don't care. And it gets to, the, it just seems to get to almost unrealistic levels in mm -hmm. this movie. And so I'm sure someone could come along and say, well, that, the movie's working then because mm -hmm. you don't like the apathy. And it's like, well, meh. 
Yeah. Maybe I don't, maybe I do, whatever. I just, okay. So there was some guy that really killed his girlfriend somewhere and, you know, he brought people to see it and all that. Who, I mean, were they stoned? Were they stoned out of their minds? I mean, it was, there were a lot of people on drugs. I mean, they're going to do a lot of stupid things. I mean, yeah. you know, so I, like I said, I didn't quite find some entertainment. I didn't find some, wow, that's, that's what high school kids are like. Mm-hmm. We need to take a lesson from this. Or, oh, that's what high school kids were like back then. And we, I really, I, I, I think this movie just showed a, a slice and I, I think it's going for entertainment or mm-hmm. something. And it, I read somewhere that, that uh, some people have referred to this movie as like the anti-John Hughes movie. Mm-hmm. Like John Hughes' movie is all about how the grown-ups are stupid and the kids are always, you know, the kids will one-up the grown-ups and, and that this movie tries to take that and just destroy that whole idea. Yeah. You know, like a Lord of the Flies set in the modern yeah. current thing. Yeah. Or maybe not anything like that. But it's, uh, it's, uh, it's, it's, yeah, and it's, I don't mind the dark and I don't, but I just, give me... Like you said, the John Hughes thing, and okay, so and maybe that's all it is. Maybe it's just a uh, an answer to that, you know. Which, in dealing with art, you need the you need those things. Right. Hey, Dennis, how's it going? Great. Hey. What hour are we into? <laughs> we are. We're talking about I, River's Edge. I know. You know what? And this is the thing. I, I realized as I when I checked the movie that you were doing today, I have never seen River's Edge, and I did not okay. see it yet. Okay. But I read about it. So how do you feel curious. about it? I, <laughs> I, I want to see it. Okay. Like, I went on Wikipedia, and I kind of got mm-hmm. the summary, and I'm like, why haven't I seen this movie? And I thought I did. I think I was I think I think was mixing it with two movies, Razor's Edge. Okay. And then something different. Like river. <laughs> a river runs a river, through it. A river the runs one with, through it. Um, with, um, <laughs> that was it. With, yeah. yeah. And somehow I thought, uh, maybe he's, I didn't look, I know, I know, uh, key, um, River. Is, is, is uh, River Phoenix in it? Not in this movie. Okay, maybe, maybe that's why I thought with Rivers Edge too. That River, so I, I was thinking, I think my private that Keanu Reeves, the other the other uh, Phoenix brother, Keanu Reeves. Yeah. <laughs> Whoa. 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 So it's my first name. Yeah, that's, that's it was pretty bad. Pretty bad. <laughs> Whoa. Whoa. It's gonna be more of it. Yeah. Whoa. There you, go. there you go. You missed it. I was doing a really good Pat impersonation earlier, like SNL Pat, not this Pat. Oh. Okay. <laughs> I could do an impersonation of this Pat. Yeah. Hey guys, how's it going? How's it going? Hey, how you doing? Hey, how are you guys awesome. doing? That would be awesome. Gonna, so I gotta watch this. I gotta listen to this one to, to catch that. Okay. Well, we were just kind of saying that it we we didn't really connect with it because there's a whole lot of teenage apathy in this movie. It's and, described as a group apathetic, right? Based on a real and story. and some people and some people have right based on a, on a true story, and some people were just saying kind of. They've referred to this as like the anti-John Hughes movie, okay. where John Hughes is always kind of, you know, championing, empathetic teenagers. towards teenagers and championing the kids. And and in this one, it's like no, everybody's messed up. The kids don't know what they're doing. They don't care. The adults are just as clueless and, and smoking pot with the kids. And the whole world yeah, is. I don't want to see this movie. <laughs> no, I, maybe I, you know. It, it, I I would say it, I would say it's worth watching. Yeah, yeah. you if know, it I, your curiosity. It's worth watching. Yeah. Okay. Because, I mean, we both said it was fine. Yeah. You know, it's not... When we talked last week about One Crazy Summer, we did not like that one. But um, we'll ask you here in a second if you... Now, did you do the spoiler alerts for this one, too, or anything? Is there yeah. Any yeah, yeah. Spo- okay, all right. So, all right. Because, I mean, I just... You know, when I read the, the synopsis or whatever... I don't think we've really spoiled too much beyond... We didn't go a whole I lot into the plot, they, so... so they don't really plan too much of the ethical... Like, because from what I understand... Well, I mean, that's that's what a good portion of the movie is, is there's... Yeah. It's though I mean it's it's mostly a a psychological study of you know what are these kids doing like why are they not telling people what's going on like what it. the one kid Crispin Glover's character mm-hmm. is kind of you know manic in his determination to help his friend cover this up and keep his friend safe and and at points you know it gets a little annoying mm-hmm. his character you know, he takes kind of like it's almost like uh, George McFly on speed yeah. He's like, hey guys, we we gotta help and we gotta we gotta hide the body and, it, and the whole movie is is that. Yeah. And why are you like, helping your like? Why are you helping that guy? Yeah, exactly. That's you know, and you, you asked I wondered that about the moral dilemma: is do they play that or there isn't here? Because if they're apathetic, it, is there much of a hey? Should we be? Let's let's this put it this way: I think there's a moral dilemma from an apathetic teenager's point of view. Wow. Okay. Which. So I might be frustrated <laughs> after watching. 
Honestly, it's possible. Yeah. I would have been you're, frustrated. You're frustrated. I would have been frustrated when I was 18 years old. It was just like, I wouldn't, I wouldn't relate to any of those guys. Yeah. yeah. I, I, to me, when I was watching it, it, it maybe just in terms of the attitudes and the, the vibe, the overall vibe of the movie, it really made me think a lot of Repo Man. Okay. Like just kind of the, the feeling I got from watching Repo Man was very similar to the feeling I got from watching this movie. But they weren't dealing with like a dead body. <clears throat> Repo Man. Well, that's, dead alien body. They had the dead alien body, but it wasn't like, well, what do we do? We should cover something up. I mean, yeah, I mean, it, it was a kind of a mm-hmm. the underbelly of society they mm-hmm. were showing. But I mean, it, it it didn't have, you know, someone's got to do the right mm-hmm. thing. Now maybe in the uh, the story they based it off of, someone did do the yeah did you know, well because in that true story it was the same type of thing. Like it, the, there was a dead body there and it stayed there for several days, mm-hmm. and they had a dozen plus people that had seen this dead body and nobody went to the cops. Yeah. And it wasn't until like, I almost think like a week later that finally somebody went to the cops and said, hey, somebody got killed. Yeah. You might want to go check it out. And they, I mean, and it's like, does this person not have family that are like scouring? Right. The, you know, like no one had a good family life. Right. Which, okay, maybe that's it. But again, I... Well. I mean, just describing it, like it made me think of the movie Elephant. Have you seen this? The elephant was the... Um, it's uh, several ordinary high school students go through their daily routine as others prepare for, as two others prepare for something more. Um, it cuts off there. Basically, they're, <laughs> I think it's the, the type of school shooting type of, from what I remember that one. Yeah. Okay. But, like, just the feeling of it, like, all the teenagers are just so, you know, mm-hmm. it's almost it's depressing in a way. Yeah. And there's a little bit of that. I remember it's... thinking, like, you'd like to be able to stop the movie mm-hmm. and change the course and just, then you couldn't do it. Right. Yeah. No one, yeah. Yeah. The one part that I kind of had more trouble with, and I'm, you know, if you're going to see it, I'm probably going to spoil some stuff, but the one part that I had that I thought was a little weird and maybe a little bit too much of a stretch was the younger brother. Yeah. Like the, the little brother who's like nine, maybe like nine years old, ten years old. It depended on who you asked because somebody called him a ten-year-old and somebody called him a twelve-year-old okay. at different times in the movie. And that part to me was a little weird. Like he's a little thug in training. Yeah. And he gets his friend... And his, he tells his friend, and they're, they're both like 10 years old, 12 years old, and he gets really ticked off at his brother, Keanu Reeves, for hitting him because he had stolen the, the little sister's doll and had, you know, thrown in the river and, you know, destroyed the grave that she made for her doll. And, and then Keanu Reeves comes and kind of beats him up a little bit. And then he goes and gets his friend. He's like, I know where we can get a gun. Steal your dad's car. And then you've got these two 12-year, 10, 12-year-olds, whatever they're, yeah. like, driving around in this car trying to go to this one guy's house, beat him up and take his handgun so that then he can go back and shoot his brother. Right. And I'm looking at that going, okay, first of all, this is not the environment I grew up in, so mm-hmm. I don't connect with a lot of this because of that reason. Second of all, 10-year-old going to get a gun to shoot his brother. and Again, didn't grow up in an environment like that where... You know, the opportunity to just go get a gun whenever you were mad at somebody was available and, yeah. you know, didn't have people in my life like Dennis Hopper's character, Feck, mm-hmm. who was kind of the guy that whenever somebody wanted pot, they just go get it from him. Or if you need a gun, I guess you can go get it from him. Yeah. And so I maybe this was just too far away from my experience and, and I didn't watch it as a teenager, so I didn't connect with them on the... Angst, I, angsty teenager level. Yeah, see, I wouldn't, I wouldn't connect with them on an angsty teenager level, and I even as a teenager, even as a teenager, yeah. yeah. And it was like it's because, yeah, you're gonna get mad, but there was always that dude just grow the heck up. Someone else has it worse. Right. You're not right. slinging a rifle somewhere. Okay, you're not slinging. You know, you be thankful for what you got. Now, I had the family, which, which that, is a little bit like the teacher. Right. <laughs> But that just came out in a... Although he was kind of crazy. But he was kind of crazy. Well, when he well, like when he's yelling at his students, like, you shut the F up. You're yeah. Like, hmm. Yeah, you're not... Uh, yeah, no. Well, that's, and that's where it <laughs> lost it for you've, me. You've gone from, like, cool history teacher to you're just kind of as psycho as yeah. everybody else is. And so... And now, okay, I had the family that, you know, instilled those values in me and the teacher. So that's good, and I should be thankful. But then it's like... Okay, then I'm gonna, I'm not gonna choose to be entertained by someone that didn't get that, and that's it. Right. This movie doesn't change my outlook. It doesn't. Do I know that there's kids that have it rough? That I know that. Yeah. Okay, right. I get all those things. Why am I being entertained by this? What what is it? What does this purport to be t- teaching me that I don't already mm-hmm. know of? I don't know it firsthand. Right. But I know it. You know. Do you think if if part of this movie is supposed to be this psychological, 
it's not so much the corpse and it's not so much the murder, but it's how everybody's reacting to it. Mm-hmm. Do you think if somebody is a Hitchcock fan, should they go see this movie? Does that have other like Hitchcock type movies that you've seen, other thrillers and other <laughs> suspenseful movies like that? If somebody's a Hitchcock fan, should they go see this one? Maybe, but I I know very, we need Jeff's opinion really because yeah. he's the Hitchcock guy. But it, from what I know of Hitchcock, I I don't think it just deals with this. I mean, it, it, this wasn't I wasn't thrilled. Okay, I wasn't suspend. It was just like, is someone going to do the right thing? No, okay, I'm just going to stand around. All yeah. right, and that's where. Well, like I said, I, the movie's okay, but that's where I just sat there and, and I think I was doing the dishes and cleaning the house while I was mm-hmm. watching it because I just needed to do something else. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I all, uh, in the beginning, until I read the Rotten Tomatoes and found out it was a good movie and that I was wrong, <laughs> um, I, in the beginning when I was watching it, I was kind of like, okay, little indie movie that, you know, mm-hmm. I'm sure that this inspired 40 gajillion movies out there, but my thought was, this is why you go and have a producer that's experienced in the field so that they can... T- they can take it and say, all right, you need to trim this down. You need to add this. You need to put a car chase in there. You need to do, you know. I was kind of just like, the movie just kind of went along for me. Yeah. So. And no motorcycles. And, well, he had a chopper yeah, in the, okay. in the okay. yeah. Okay. But, uh, but then, I, then I read Rotten Tomatoes and found out that I was wrong, that it was really, this movie is genius. Right. This, is, and this is an amazing movie. It's an amazing <laughs> movie. So I, I retract that entire statement. Yeah. Here. But so I don't know what it, I don't what, know what what's you think. the general feel for Rotten Tomatoes? Why is it so genius? Because um, I'm 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 again like again if there was the and again it's hard because I haven't seen it but I'm like if you have the the tension or somehow you like you talked about entertainment when you talk about Hitchcock or something I think Hitchcock was entertaining and Hitchcock knew how to tell a story and this just sounds like a bunch of apathetic kids a dead body. Somebody killed somebody, and everyone's covering it up, and everyone's going to stay apathetic, and all the adults in the world pretty much. This didn't seem to know how to. And it just seems very depressing and very like there's no. I don't know. That's what it seems like. So I'm wondering what why why do they think it's so genius? Is there was there anything? I will. um, I'll read you the critics' consensus. So this is kind of like the summary that somebody writes based on the different critics' reviews that are on here. So this is the Rotten Tomatoes critics' consensus. A harrowing tale of aimless youth, River's Edge generates considerable tension and urgency thanks to strong performances from a stellar cast that includes Crispin Glover, Keanu Reeves, and Ione Skye. What was the last two sentences? Like before you said the name. Uh, A harrowing tale of aimless youth, River's Edge generates considerable tension and urgency. Okay, what's the tension and urgency? Did you feel there was any tension or urgency? I did not feel tension. No. And the, only tension, the only tension I felt was, when is somebody going to call the cops? And is that the urgency? Like somebody do something? No. I think the urgency... Is that what they mean by that? I don't know that I felt any urgency because you have Crispin Glover's character and, and his whole thing is that he's trying to protect the guy that strangled yeah. his girlfriend. The guy who strangled his girlfriend really doesn't care. Yeah. Like he's not trying to run. He's not trying to hide. He's showing people the body. He's telling people he killed her. He's not making an attempt to go run and hide, whereas Crispin Glover's character is like, "Oh my God, we've got to help! You know, we got to hide the body, and we got to do this. We got to, we got to find. We should run to Portland. Like, get a car, get some gas, get some beer. Like, let's go to Portland, and we'll just live there." And then, so he's the one that's running around doing this whole manic thing of trying to protect his friend, who I think before this point they even say like. You guys weren't even really friends. Like, why are you all of a sudden so loyal to this yeah, guy? Chill out, Spaz. Right. I mean, and he—I mean, he's—he's he's supposed to be kind of a speed freak, so he's—you know—he's taking speed, and that's a little bit why he's acting that way. But that, I think, is most of the urgency yeah, is just his character. Yeah. There, see, to me, I, when I read the synopsis, I was thinking, oh, this could be interesting because mm-hmm. if you do have somebody whose friend did something like that, mm-hmm. what's the betrayal of friend? And was it an accident? Was it intentional? And mm-hmm. how does this happen? What are you doing? Like. No moral dilemma for mm-hmm. me, but but I could see how you could play that out in, right. in, a, in a possibly more believable. Well, and the way. kids they even say things like, you know, well, why? What? Maybe he's going to kill one of us. And he's like, he's and the Crispin oh, yes, Glover character is like, well, he's not going to kill one of us. He he had a reason for killing her. Well, what did what was the reason? Well, she said something bad about his dead mom. Uh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> and I was wondering. I was wondering in. Uh, you know, if they were going to go, like, really deep and it was going to mm-hmm. be sort of like that crime and punishment movie, mm-hmm. or crime and punishment Not movie, but the book Crime and Punishment, yeah. where the guy, you know, kills just to see if he could get, and I didn't even fully yeah. grasp it and all that, 
But no, that that just wasn't. That was uh, Folsom Prison Blues. Was that what? Killed a man in Reno just to watch him die. It was yeah. Johnny Cash song. Okay. Yeah. No, okay. I'm, I'm kidding. It's probably a bunch of <laughs> Okay, yeah. The, um, uh, but I didn't get that. I yeah. didn't, yeah. you know. I, yeah, I, I don't, I don't know whether, I mean, they mentioned in here tension and urgency. I don't think I can look at this movie and say there was a lot of tension and urgency. If there's tension, it was from me as an adult who feels like he's fairly well adjusted mm-hmm. going, okay, you've seen the body, now it's time to call the cops. Yeah. Like, you, you, you've seen this happen. It's hey, time let's to go call. see a dead body. Do, yeah. do you think, well, are there any more the, red flags? A murder has happened. Throw loyalty out the window. A murder has happened. Go call the cops. Yeah. So for me, there was not a whole lot of tension there. Um, and the only urgency came from Lane, from Chris McGlover's character. Yeah. And there were times where his character got to be a little too much for me. Yeah. Like, there were moments where he was doing the... And it really was like George McFly on speed. It was the, it was the same George McFly kind of voice into that same yeah. kind of, you know, breathy... I don't know. Do you really think I should swear? You know, that kind of thing. But on speed. Hey, you. Hey, you. Get your. And he actually (laughs) says that in there. Get your hands off. He actually says it like that. Right. And there are times that I'm like. George McFly. Is he just stuck in that character from Back to the Future? And, you know, so from that to me, we talked last week about, you know, One Crazy Summer and how much I love Bobcat Goldthwait. And by love, I mean viciously loathe and don't ever want to see another movie with him ever again. Um, <laughs> you should have been here. Um, I kind of started to feel the same way about Crispin Glover in this movie. And it's like it got to the point where his character just started to grate on my eyes and ears. And I'm like, I don't want to hear you talk anymore. Yeah. I actually want someone in this movie to strangle you. Yeah. Because I don't want to hear you anymore. And you got that little kid at home. That is just getting messed up. Like the that little that little girl. The little girl. What is she? I mean, what? <laughs> she was hilarious when the mom is on the stairs yeah. and like she's she's had enough and she's like, "I'm through. I'm through. All three of you were mistakes. I'm just gonna go off and smoke pot too. I'm just gonna leave." Yeah. And and I just, I don't remember how she says it, but she's just like, "I'm I can't take it anymore. I'm done." And the poor little girl, like, what is she? Probably like five, yeah. six, down at the bottom of the stairs. She's like. Don't leave, mommy. You're you're not done. I love you. And I'm just I'm <laughs> like, like it's okay. Mind. I feel bad for that kid. Yeah, but nobody else. I don't like anybody else but, in the movie. But that little girl, I feel bad for. And her. that stuff goes on in real life. So what is this? I, I just. I, uh, yeah. Ugh. You were not entertained. I wasn't entertained. Yeah. I was not. You know, I'm sure it had its things, and mm-hmm. you know, it's some quirky little indie movie, and yeah. I, I didn't like. I said once I read Rotten Tomatoes and found out how awesome it was. Mm-hmm. You're wrong. I guess I'm just wrong. Okay. So someone just have to explain to me the awesomeness of the movie because I ain't seeing it. Glad we've established you're wrong. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, real quick, because you were not here last time for One Crazy Summer. Have you seen One Crazy Summer? Not recently. Don't. Okay. So, yeah. What do you... No. <laughs> so let's get your... Don't let me affect you. Let me get the Don't let me affect your opinion, but don't. Because the anger at, at Bobcat Goldblade... Is a recent thing. Is a re- I think, okay, because, because back then, as a I kid, <laughs> Right. And I was going to say, like, when you, I know we're jumping back, you mentioned the, um, what, what was it? Oh, he's doing Bobcat. Okay, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, <laughs> you were going to say that, like, the sailing thing didn't hit on also? Uh-huh. See, Bobcat, golf, golf, weight. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I, you know, he kind of cracks me up. Like, if he's a little ancillary character or something, uh-huh. it's kind of like, okay, you know, I, I, mm-hmm. I don't get like in enragingly annoyed. I do now. <laughs> I get like I said last like I said last week. I get enraged when they portray his brother, that his entire thing. This is why he's funny. He has special right. needs. Yeah. That was why. That was where my no. I think my Bobcat Goldthwait thing is a recent thing. Because yeah. as a kid, I thought he was hilarious. I mean, like we would okay. watch we would watch some of the Police Academy movies. Yeah. We'd watch Hot to Trot. And we did, you know, we'd watch Bobcat Goldthwait, and he was funny. And even as a teenager, I remember seeing him on, I think he was on The Man Show a few times because uh, he was a director of that. And, a, and he's Bobcat Goldthwait. He's funny. He's got the crazy voices. And I think since watching Police Academy, the back in training one that we watched mm-hmm. a little while back, and this movie, I now do not like Bobcat Goldthwait and I cannot listen to his voice without... It's a concentrated dose. Yes. I think there was too much Bobcat in this movie. So I'm curious to see that because I'll, I'm, now I'll anti, I'm now anti. I'm now anti Bobcat. We'll see if that uh, happens to me. Yeah. 
because yeah, a lot of this you think of you know growing up and cracking up and all that. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, not anymore. Too much. I've had an overdose of Bobcat. Too much Goldthwait. <laughs> all right. Well, do we have any final thoughts on River's Edge? Should people go see it? Can't wait to not see it. <laughs> <laughs> should Dennis? Well, here, see, hey, Dennis has. Know, should Dennis watch it? Do you think it'd be a movie Dennis would like? Knowing what we know about Dennis, which for the other listeners is very little since he has not sat down with me to do his own one-on-one, -on -one, <coughs> bless you, right. which he has not sat down to do his own one-on-one -on -one episode. You never asked. I've asked you a half dozen times at yeah, least. Text, I've texted text. and emailed. You don't answer texts and emails. <laughs> Apparently, I need to go stand outside your house and throw rocks at the window. Hold the boombox up. Hold the boombox up. I, uh, I think, you know what? So we don't know much about Dennis. I don't know Dennis at all. But... but Knowing Dennis, should he see? <coughs> bless you. Ugh. I was, I was going to use Enema, but sure, you can be an Enigma. <laughs> I think, uh, I think see it. I think for Dennis, yeah, I see it. I love you, Dennis. Okay, and I'll say, I'll say why. Like these are yeah. the people that I think should see this movie. You're in the film, okay? Like we all are, but I mean, you're into it in the making of the movie. <laughs> I thought you meant like if you're an extra uh, or an actor. Like I was. <laughs> which he is. Which he is. If you were in the movie River's Edge, you should go yeah, see it. Yeah. <laughs> If you if if is the river fans? If, yeah. you're, if you're a dead body, okay. If you're a dead body, and Joan Rivers, and so yeah, Joan Rivers. A river runs through it. Everybody with the name River. Um, yeah, I think because it it's it's an indie movie, and they do say you know sometimes it's those like small indie movies that inspire stuff. I don't see it because like you know, but I think I think you dig it because I think I'm gonna be frustrated by this movie. And because you like to look at the morality of things. Mm -hmm. and, and I think that's the part of them and struggle and with. And sometimes it feels good to just get angry. Remind me how you felt about Repo Man. I think I'm going to struggle with it. <laughs> okay. No, I, just, I, I don't know. I, just the description of the kids and the wanting that somebody, like, why isn't somebody doing something? Yeah. Type of thing is going to get to me. And I'm getting a feeling that, well, you said eventually somebody does, but mm -hmm. not one of the major characters. It is one of the major characters. Who does, finally. Yeah. Okay. But then even after that, like, after that person goes to the cops, then the rest of the movie, I don't really know where, we're, where they're going from there. Because it kind of hits that point, and then it's kind of like, oh, I went to the cops, so I guess my job's done. Yeah. Now let's go over here and have a sleepover in the woods. Yeah, go clean up your life. Go whatever. Yeah. No. The message of this movie is, is don't do drugs. And don't live in whatever this California town is. Yeah. Okay. All right. So Dennis, go see it. I will. Yeah. Or don't. I will. I will. <laughs> I, that'll be one that I'm gonna mm -hmm. look. Was it at the library? Do we know? I think it's a library. This one is. Is that on Netflix? I read some. No, it's not on Netflix. I read somewhere. This one is a very hard one to find. Um, it only came out on DVD in 2001, and I guess VHS were kind of hard to find before that. So but you have it. You said you have it in there. I have, I have a copy of it, yeah. So if you okay. if you want to see it, you can. I'll give you my copy. Is it in the um, folder now? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, send me a text. <laughs> yes, I'll send you a text or an email that you won't answer. So, folks, this is Dennis. Since we've got him here, Dennis, what are your five favorite? Oh, movies? I'm not prepared. <laughs> I need to study. Okay, well, I'll, I'll text you and we'll so set up a is time. There a list of questions my, this? Yes, there's a list of questions I've sent you three times. It's in the folder? <laughs> you, it's, no, it's not in the folder. It's funny. i got a separate folder for you. I'll show you that sometime. Mine's changed. It's crazy. Like Has it? Okay, well, then maybe we need to do an update. Well, one of them has changed. Okay. I think well, yeah. we can do an update. Yeah. I will. Maybe we should do an update each year, and I'll change the questions. And this year, your question can be, what are your top five movies that feature motorcycle chases? Oh, that's easy. I got that. Oh, we'll give it to us now. Great Escape. Okay. The Mission Impossible, Rogue. Uh, okay. Rogue, Rogue Nation. I want to say Rogue Planet. Rogue Nation. <laughs> um, Rogue One. Rogue One. <laughs> the um, the uh, 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 James Bond, the Skyfall. Okay. That's got so there's three. Um, can I name documentaries or is that sure? Uh, go is for that it. Cheating. No, that's uh, documentaries. A movie. Okay. Um, faster. Okay. Documentary about MotoGP on any Sunday. Documentary about dirt. Like motorcycle racing in the seventies—that's easy. Okay. All right. Well, then, which we, we can don't go need, honorable mention. We don't need to. Do, we don't need to do a whole episode. Then we can just do it now. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, um, I don't think we've reached a consensus on whether you should go see this movie or not. If if you like, you know, this affected aimless youth, 
If you like Repo Man, you might like this movie. Um, if you like Hitchcock movies dealing with the psychological aspect of murder and, and you know the aftermath of all that, you may like this movie. If you want something to discuss. Yeah. And that's what, I don't think I'm trashing this movie, so maybe that I think the movie it made me want to discuss. Bobcat. What are you showing me here? Is that Bobcat. that's what Bobcat Goldthwait looks like now? Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. He did well. I, I I'm curious if you've seen that. I know totally off tangent. Yeah, that's fine. Willow Creek. I think wait no is it Willow? It's um. It's a movie that he made that got pretty much he directed and I think he's in it too. Okay. But that's one that I. It has the word Creek or River in it, so it could be one that we're talking about this week. I directed one that, they, that I thought had some critical acclaim. Okay. So I'm just curious if that's... Yeah. Anyway, all okay. right. But my five movies, I'm just going to look for five that have Bob get both ways. Okay. Yeah, it's me. We'll be heavily editing that one. Um, actually, but... Okay, so he has on the Bobcat Goldthwait tangent. Um, he does have some movies that he has directed that I do like. Um, did you ever see the Robin Williams movie World Greatest Dad? Yes. Disturbing, but I liked it. Disturbing, yeah. Yeah. Um, and I guess he's been a director of Jimmy Kimmel Live for most of the time it's been on. I believe. And I think he was a director of The Man Show. So. No. So he's done, I, I think I like him better as a director than I do as an actor. Yeah. And it, like I said, as a kid, I did like it, but that, you know, that was last week. All right, so that being the case, um, if we've kind of given you some reasons why we think you should, or you might want to go see River's Edge, but I don't know that we give it in the same 87%. We love it, like uh, Siskel and Ebert did, or, or Rotten Tomatoes, so all right. We leave it up to you. You take our advice, you go see it or not. But if you do see it and you really love this movie, we would like to know why you loved it. So you can get back in touch with us and let us know and tell us why we're wrong. I mean, Pat learned today that he can be wrong. Yeah. And that it's okay. You know, not all the time. It's cool. There you go. So, right. So if we're wrong, feel free to get in touch with us and let us know why we're wrong. We would love to know. Um, Coming up next, in the next few weeks or so, we are actually leaving our back to school time now. It's already at the end of August, which seems really weird. Um, but we are moving into our September movies, which is loosely based around the theme of relationships. Mostly because I had a whole bunch of movies that sometimes it was very tough to find a theme for. So September is the relationships movies, so I'm sure Pat's going to really love this month. Um, <laughs> which comes right before October. So <laughs> I'll see you guys in November. I'll see you guys for Law & Order month. There we go. Um, so coming up in the next uh, few weeks or so, I believe, if I can, if I can get this done in time that our next episode will not be a Wednesday one, but it will come out probably at the beginning of September, and that we're going to talk about Alan Moore's Watchmen comic that came out in 1986. Might talk a little bit about the movie too, but definitely going to talk mostly about the comic book. And then coming up within the next few weeks, we are going to be watching and talking about the movies Ruthless People. Um, We're going to be talking about Hannah and Her Sisters, which will be a bit of a stretch for me because I don't like Woody Allen. And uh, we're going to watch and talk about Stand By Me, and finally we're going to finish off September with The Mosquito Coast. Yeah, it's got your uh, phoenixes. Got a phoenix in it. A river. As long as there's a river, that's fine. All right. Well, until next time, Pat, Dennis. Yeah, man. All right. Be excellent to each other and go watch some good movies.